This is a download from the Passionate People Project. For more information, including available pictures, videos, and links featuring today's guest, visit the3p.com. That's T-H-E, the number 3P.com. I'm your host, Damon Cole Cahoon. Today's guest has had an opportunity to learn from some of the world's finest culinary and hospitality experts, including Jean George, Michael Romano, and Danny Meyer. But what truly makes him a great chef is his connection to the nuances of nature, be it food or people. And today he shares his passion with us. This is the Passionate People Project. Hi, my name is Rob Garceau. I'm uh, a young uh, young father of two, married happily to Michelle, um, and uh, we've been married over 11 years. We've been together 16 years, so she she knows the the ins and outs of uh, of me and how I work and who I am. Nice partnership. A partnership. A partnership. Yeah. All right. So now in the Passionate People Project, we don't ask. Are you intelligent? We ask, how are you intelligent? So how are you intelligent? That's a really good question. Um, you know, I've never been asked that question. Huh. So uh, for me, um, I think there's, uh, to, to gauge, all right, if I'm intelligent, I think I look at things differently than, than you would, or right. the way my brother would, or the, any coworker. Um, I feel that I've got a, uh, a great grasp of my surroundings, um, meaning I know how people feel, mm-hmm. and by looking at them, um, so their their emotions, you know, I can I can uh, kind of wedge my way in and have people talk to me. Um, I think my intelligence could stem from my curiosity, you know, my uh, curious intelligence to wanting to learn and wanting to see how other people learn. Um, so if I learn differently, uh, you learn differently. So I'm very hands-on, yeah. and I remember through my mistakes, um, touching, feeling, smelling, uh, tasting, where uh, another person might be completely just memorization and very savvy at. Um, or um, just a natural gift of just memorizing things. So. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I think for me, it's um, I think intelligence. It's it's kind of hard. I'm trying to find my way to try to bring this back together. Um, it's uh, I think a drive that I have um, to always want to learn. Um, being a, a chef. Long hours, um, so stamina mm-hmm. uh, is is important mm-hmm. for me, and I think um, intelligence is just uh, I don't know I think just a drive or a curiosity. Maybe yeah. that's better. 
Yeah. Well, it's interesting because you talked about memory or memorizing in one way as opposed to another. And that is kind of how it works, where it's some people, uh, you know, they connect with their body in such a way or their senses, you know, sense of taste, smell in such a way that when a particular taste hits it, Mm -hmm. they'll always remember it. Right. You know, you tell them the name, they won't remember it necessarily. Mm -hmm. But they taste it, touch touch it or something. And it sticks. Right, right, right. So, yeah, so it sounds like you're talking about a combination of first interpersonal intelligence and naturalistic intelligence. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, that's great. That's great. I, I, uh, I think you're my first primary natural intelligence person. Which, which one do you think, or maybe which one do you think is stronger, uh, naturalistic or your interpersonal skills? Uh, naturally stronger. I mean, you might have developed one over the years more than another. Right. So I think I probably started out being more natural, naturalistic, mm-hmm. and learn to either adapt or um, through survival. Yeah. My interpersonal, and um, you know, working in New York City and cooking. You know, there's a very it's a blend, you know, it's a very team-oriented mm-hmm. sport <laughs> or profession yeah. where you have to coordinate, you know, and I think learning through my mistakes uh, and successes, I've learned, I think I'm right now stronger interpersonal. Yeah. Uh, you know, managing a team of, of 50 managers oh, wow. um, and cooks, we've got 50 cooks in our kitchen alone, just in our one operation. Um, I don't know everybody's name right away, and that's part of the intelligence that I don't have is like remember everybody's name, but I remember faces, and I think I read people's faces. You know, I can see that something's wrong, or the joy I can bring into. You know, I was working with a gentleman the other day on teaching him how to make a sauce, and from roasting the bones to caramelizing the the vegetables, even the temperature of the stove and how the stock was rolling and to watch him and uh, watch him say oh I, I get it now and and he asked me uh, which I I thought was he goes who's your mentor mm. and I said you know that's a awesome question I said anywhere I've ever been I find a mentor and uh, I said I, I always look back to you know a chef who's taking me under his wing or even just a friend, um, I have always looked back to my past, and I do a lot of reflecting. Um, but when he turned to me and said that, you know, it's like he's looking for that. He's looking for someone, yeah. you know, and and that for me is really special. I, and that for me is going to be probably a future direction. And uh, I think mentoring. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's good. Wow. Well said. Well said. So now, define your passion for us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, if it's passion, could be for my wife. Mm-hmm. Uh, it could be the love of food. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it could be for my family, uh, external. 
Um, but passion, it, it doesn't take much for me to get a spark because it, it found me, it found, it took me some time finding what I really wanted. Um, I was studying environmental science and my first, my second cooking job in college became a kitchen. Mm. And I knew the moment I jumped into the kitchen, yeah. it, it was instant. And as soon as I started um, actually cooking, I went. I was hired to to receive all the products, check everything in, and be very detailed in the orders, and then washing dishes. Then I jumped into the cooking aspect, and you know, I was bitten instantly. And that's like the passion of like taking a great piece of lettuce mm. or a perfectly ripened tomato by the sun and to smell the tomato and you could feel it going through your nose and it, it gives me chills. Um, or to taste a sauce that you know like hits all notes. Acid, salty, it could have a slight herbaceous or sweetness to it. Um, for me that's passion like getting, finding the best ingredients or keeping my wife happy. You know? <laughs> Uh, you know, it's, there's many, I have many levels and it could be the smell of, um, you know, it could be the smell of, of food or the body, mm -hmm. um, that, you know, just stimulates, you know, I'm a very, I'm a very hands-on person. Mm -hmm. So to, to touch a piece of meat that's been cooking, you know, I, I put it back into the food yeah. or put it back into my relationship. Mm -hmm. Wow, that's interesting. It almost sounds like it's the root of it is something uh, where they all come together as uh, relationships, mm. you know, natural relationships with nature, mm -hmm. people, food, animals, the range. Right, right. Yeah. Um, it's interesting right now, I'm responsible for a very large event for 45 of the world's best chefs, oh. where I'm coordinating the dinner. I'm uh, responsible for the vegetarian course, um, hors d'oeuvres and cheese course, and sourcing all the great products. So it could be the scallops from from Massachusetts, the lobster from Maine, um, but also I've been on the phone and have extensive conversations with the farmers who are going to be harvesting the lamb in the veal forest. And today I had a very heated discussion with with our clients and. I am not going to jeopardize someone's livelihood because you can't give me a guest count. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So if I'm gonna harvest 30, 30 lamb, mm -hmm. those are lives I'm taking. Yeah. Wow. And then to over harvest, mm -hmm. it's you know, it would crush me. Yeah. Um, so for me I'm very connected to even though, you know, I will never see the live animal, mm -hmm. to see the end product and smell the raw meat. Or the roasted meat, which is a whole different spectrum. Um, knowing the love that the shepherd put into it, or the farmer, you can see it and you can taste it. And that might sound a little um, harsh, or I don't, I don't know, but you you know that there's love that the farmer is giving to the animals. And how do you um, how do you find more people like that? because the end result of either the vegetable being grown with love or the, the lamb 
being taken care of and, and has a great environment to work in mm-hmm. or sorry to to live its life yeah yeah uh, uh, stop on your car will handle that well <laughs> <laughs> so now how did you how did you dis- discover this passion um it, it was pretty instant you know and um and, and, and the reason why I say it's instant, I know that like for me, I can take something as raw as a potato and turn it into, um, you know, a potato gratin or a tomato into a salad. Um, but to give it to my, you know, the guinea pigs, my mom, uh, my girlfriend at the time or whoever, and watch them see the joy in their faces, yeah. uh, it was like, I, I can make people happy. And I can be the quiet person in the back mm. cooking. And, you know, people are like, why do you work so hard? I don't look at it as work. It's really passion. Like, you know, people are like, you work 12 hours. And I was like, yes. And people are asleep and you're still working. And you know what? I There is something that's maybe euphoric or um, I don't know what the... It gives me tremendous joy to cook for 450 people or 10 people and to see, to come up and say thank you, you know. It could be for a bar mitzvah, it could be a wedding, it could be sitting shiva, you know, to get a thank you um, in time of joy or sorrow. Um, it, it, it's never turned me away, you know. It's, it's, a, thank, it's a thankful job. And I find ways to be thankful either by cooking an awesome meal or listening to my staff or whoever it might be. It's a thankful job. That's interesting. I've actually never heard someone say that. It's you know, it's obviously typically the other way around. It almost rolls off the tongue easier. It's right, a thankful right. job. Right. That's great though. Yeah. That's great. And I think just to touch on also, I I either work with staff or find people are grateful for one having a job yeah. to um, to work with people who who click the same way and to thank you know I've had so many employees say you actually say good morning to me and you thank me for a hard day's work mm-hmm. uh, so it, which is which is not typical I take it at least in their experiences yeah yeah, yeah absolutely wow. no it seems pretty obvious now, but uh, how does it speak to who you are as a person? Uh, I think I think you've answered that. Is there anything more you'd like to add to that? I you know, growing up in a in a very ca- Catholic family, mm-hmm. where you know when we went on vacation, we found a place to stay. The next place was a church. Uh, being being raised in a Catholic family, neither good or bad, you know. What what I think has been interesting is like organized religion and how that's either shaped my life. Mm-hmm. You know, currently religion is not in my life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but our kids are being raised Catholic. Um, but me as a person, I've found ways to to connect with people. Or find ways to reflect and say, oh, you know what, uh, that wasn't, I could have handled that differently. Was I a good person? Mm-hmm. I don't need some person standing at, at, 
the top of them, a couple steps to say, you know, this is how you can be a better person. Yeah. You know, there's a, there's a lot of going on in, in this world. And, you know, anxiety is even getting more intense. You know, you turn on the TV this morning and, <laughs> and you're just like, you know, high alert for synagogues throughout the world because of what's going on. And yeah, that's right. I think, but you know and I don't want to sound like a preacher but how you know me as a person I think it's it's our responsibility as human beings to find the best in people and yeah 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 I agree by the way wholeheartedly wholeheartedly um now let's talk about your talent mm-hmm. right is there is there what talent do you have or possess that you notice that allows you to engage in the passion? Um, I think I'm a, I think a talent, I don't know if it is a talent, but being humble, mm-hmm. recognizing mistakes, and being grateful for um, what has been given, given to us. Yeah. So a talent, uh, you know, I think logistics, um, finding what the best in people, um, but just I think the love of cooking. Yeah. Um, but I think just like a big picture, you know, like uh, I learned early on not not to have tunnel vision. You know, to get caught up in in drama. Yeah. <laughs> you know. It, um, that became very, you know, that was something that I learned early on, um, not to feed into someone else's um, maliciousness, uh, you know, it, it, it doesn't help anyone, you know, and to be labeled as someone that's malicious, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. Yeah. doesn't feel good, but I think just big picture, you know, like knowing, uh, I think I'm very self-aware. And um, I'm dressed in all in gray. <laughs> and I do play both sides, you know. Yeah. As far as um, charitable assumption mm-hmm. is something that I learned from my previous jobs, my mentor, um, Michael Romano, who is an amazing chef, but he's also an amazing person. Mm-hmm. Where he never, he never, I never heard him yell. Um, but he has an amazing. I think uh, a gift of just speaking to people, mm-hmm. getting that you know that excellence out of everybody. Yeah. And the, at the end of the day, we all knew we had it was an amazing day. I mean, and you, you know, and that's where that reflection, looking back, is uh, very powerful. Yeah. And, so does that? So it sounds like you picked up. You talked about your talent and just try to summarize all those things, those components. Um, but those things that, because uh, it sounds like this, your your mentor was similar. Mm. Yeah. You know? um, let's talk about refining it. Mm. Were, you, were you good at it before? Were you good at those things? We'll say it, just to summarize all those things. Were you good at it before you got to him, or 
or did you start noticing noticing it then through mm -hmm. him because of him? Yeah. And start developing it from there. And if so, how did you? Either way, how did you develop it to where it is now? Mm. How did you participate? I mean, we can live and just be and get better. But how did you actively develop it? Um, I, I think it's really through. It started with my parents. Mm. You know, my parents are hardworking people who had lots of friends and. At the same time, they they never um, same way as I look at it. They never looked at people or malicious maliciousness or you know it, we lived a, an honest life, you know. Yeah. And as I got older, I learned you know you know being in high school and being in a class or on a team, um, you have to work together. And never realized it until you know maybe five or eight years ago. Um, as I got into working in you know four-star kitchens, where it's extremely competitive. At the end of the day, it's it's like you know it's, you're playing on a varsity cooking team. Yeah. But you know someone might want your position as I mean there's certain positions as cooks mm -hmm. that are very prestigious even before you become a manager. The sauce guy, the saucier, the fish cook, the meat guy, the vegetable guy, and in the French kitchen, there's called the brigade, and it's kind of like the army, and you have a hierarchy. You got the chef, and then you got the executive sous chef, and then you have sous chefs, and then then you have the cooks, and then you have the dishwashers. So you get that could be like eighty people, and. My first restaurant here in New York City was working with uh, John George, okay. and that was my first New York City restaurant experience. Four-star restaurant. Um, he's considered worldwide as a very respected chef. Um, what happened was a one of the restaurants I was working for previously closed down, so I packed my bags, I threw my knife in there, I threw my um, chef jacket. And a backpack, and I went from I took the Zagat guide, and I started to pick off the restaurants I, I wanted to work for, and I literally walked into the front door of each place, and these are the best restaurants in the world, or in New York City, yeah. and uh, my last place was going to be for the day it was John George, and he was standing right at the podium, and he welcomed me into his kitchen right away, mm. and I started cooking. And I saw the way the kitchen was calm before service, but during service, it's a different story. Yeah. But everybody communicated and everybody worked together. And um, he was a he or he is a very uh, he's a human being, and he treated everybody like a human. Everybody he got everybody got a Christmas present from him. It was hand signed, and and he is he's a celebrity chef. Mm. Um, that for me left a major impact because he's. He's got 12 restaurants throughout the world, um, but very hands-on and very connected. And so as I bounce from place to place, you know, I've been cooking 16 years. Um, my mentors, like I said, like, and that's why I get back, revert back to the gentleman that asked me yesterday, you know, where do you find mentors? Everywhere I've gone, I've crafted that. 
and where I've been able to refine it has been it was uh, six years ago when I started working with Michael Romano who's very similar to, to who, I, who I am um, I'm a, I, th I feel I'm a very good listener and at times I wasn't I was a good listener but I wasn't a good um, doer to become here let's put an action plan in place to help you know yeah someone feels good that they got it off their chest and I listened and if I got 60% of that done and listening to what they said I still didn't get the 100% so I fell short and and people started not questioning but saying but we talked about you know like I, yes you're helping and thank you but at the same time I still need your help here and so getting over that hurdle where he said you know you gotta keep on pushing to bring bring the group together or help people and so I, th I think it's really follow through you know if you give someone your word and you got 60% of the way you know, there's a lot of a lot of people who lean on me every day. Yeah. And how do you prioritize? And I think that's where reading someone's uh, emotions mm -hmm. is really important. Yeah. yeah, it's interesting because in, in setting this up today, I can tell how much you cared about following through and sticking to your word. Mm. As I was told, it's pretty funny because I'm. You know, I'm a pretty laid back guy. I try to be. And I was like, oh, no, it's fine. I did nothing. Like, no, no. <laughs> and it was, I, it was interesting because I could tell how important it was to you. Mm -hmm. You know, I tried to pass on that it was okay. Right, right. It was breezy. It's fine. <laughs> it's like, no, I said this. This is what's going to be. I'll make it happen. Right, right. So, yeah. And I appreciate it. I think it's great quality. You know, let's talk specifically about the joy or whatever the feeling is engaging in your passion brings you you know that specific that thing that you've come to learn to to expect that feeling you've learned to expect mm. and in my mind I first went to like the natural high I get like working a line in the kitchen you know pans are are you know slinging people are chopping people are yelling mm -hmm. you know it's it's a controlled chaos mm -hmm. that for me is is joy because it's just like uh, it's a game mm -hmm. and you know I've, I've played a lot of sports I don't like losing <laughs> but you know what losing teaches you a lot as well and cooking is like a sport mm -hmm. at the same time Cooking or being in the industry? Um, well, if I go back to my restaurant days, cooking <laughs> is, is a sport. Being in the industry, mm -hmm. you know, I think is, is it's, um, it's a passion, mm -hmm. you know, touching food. And so I, I'm trying to break out like there's like that physical part uh, and being precise yeah. and that natural high of like, you know, working with someone either trying to beat them out and making sure you're on time mm -hmm. to put that perfectly roasted scallop and he's got the sauce and you two got to come together that you know that's one aspect at the same time you know going up to 
uh, Great Performance's farm and Kachki Farm and pulling out carrots and beets with our kids this last fall and seeing the joy that they had and for me to like get in there and get your hands dirty and say, you know, Farmer Bob, you know, he planted this with love and, you know, let's let's bring it home and, and to and for us to ingest and, and feel good, you know, that's that's a wonderful feeling as well. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of connection, I think. I think like you talked about the natural part, mm-hmm. and then there's the uh, interpersonal. That's you know, yeah. they layer over. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, the thing that's common, at least for what seems to be your connection to the two, um, well, the thing that comes to mind for me is respect. Mm. You know, and it is respect is is giving. You know. And of course, when you give that, you give something like respect, it tends to come back. And some seems like you have a great respect for both those things, mm. you know? Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. And, you know, something that my dad, to this day, he still said, you know, karma. Mm-hmm. Karma is a big thing, you know? And yeah. it's definitely, um, you know, he's always said, uh, give it time, it'll, it'll come back to you. Yeah. Or, this person will look at whether it's coming to them. Mm. How has engaging in your passion enriched your life? You know, maybe we can talk about the transition mm-hmm. from maybe not being sure, not being fully in your zone, you know, your passion, and, and then getting into it and knowing you're there and the difference that made or you recognized in your life because of it. You meaning um, like currently or leading up to like you know the high school years where I'm trying to find myself college and I was like oh I identified this is what I'm doing. Talk, yeah, talk about that time because okay. I think you've talked you've spoken a lot about how you feel now, mm. and so I think you know talk about the transition. Um, high school. Going to a small school gave me a lot of uh, confidence to to work with people and to learn a lot about myself. Um, you know, I thought I was going to be uh, an environmental science major. You know, still active in the outdoors and sports. Going away to college, um, you know, you're you're set free. Yeah, you're, there's. You got classes and that's it. And, you know, you learn from your mistakes, mm-hmm. which I, my mistakes are, are good. And that's why I had to leave college mm-hmm. because I knew deep down that it's not fair to uh, my parents who were helping me or to myself. It's like, why would it be unhappy? I mean, if I'm not happy, people know. Yeah. And it doesn't, I don't wear it on my face, but you don't see the, the passion on the plate or, or, you know, like talking about food, but I think going back, all right, so if I go back uh, to the high school years, um, I had to learn, I had to teach myself how to learn, mm. being dyslexic. Mm, that's right, yeah. Um, I look at things differently. Do I, I spell words wrong every day? <laughs> I've got to use calculators. And I think what I've learned in my 
in discovering my passion is um, uh, tools that have made me successful. Um, I think my palate or my um, learning from my mistakes in, in high school and like growing up and being being the person who I am um, has um, I mean there's a lot of people I have to thank you know um, you know I think I, I might be missing the question a little bit well I mean you seem to be you're on that path I mean just kind of take it up a notch to to the bigger picture you know because you did it, it taught you you know how to work better how to learn better and that mm -hmm. adds something to your life so and, and to sum that up what was the total value if you could um, the big value that, that all of that brought once you once you really found your, your, your lane mm -hmm. you know how did it, the question is how did it enrich your life so just sense mm -hmm. of satisfaction yeah yeah well uh, being having challenges um, being dyslexic not to be that that's a crutch uh, there was a point in my life where I was very uh, very discouraged you know and I found ways of enriching my life through sports or learning about things that um, actually interest me so science or history um, that's where my strengths were and I kind of had to stick to that because other things I worked really hard but didn't give me any satisfaction mm -hmm. um, so uh, yeah there was like that it was that dark period and it's almost like when I got when I broke through in somewhere in high school and then college I developed an incredible drive to be successful. Yeah. I mean, I, I hate losing. <laughs> and you know, when, when I'm cooking, you know what? If, if I'm not, if I'm overcooking a piece of meat or if I'm, my timing's off, if I got to serve this plate, this dinner in 15 minutes, it's a game. Like, and that's a drive and that's a passion um, that, you know what? I'm, I have to lead a team. Um, and they're watching me, you know, like no matter where I am in the kitchen or uh, at home, my kids are watching me. <laughs> so they, they've picked up habits and I notice them, notice how they act. Yeah. Uh, or the kitchen where, you know, I've got 60 eyes, 60 people looking at me yeah. and watching, watching my, my mood and, you know, their lens and their perception of me. You know, uh, is very um, everybody sees them sees me differently, but at the same time, I can honestly say they trust me. Right. You know, mm -hmm. um, and that's what I've, you know, looking back and you know, either being mentored or mentoring, mm -hmm. is, is learning how to, I think, learn from my mistakes and and create drive. Yeah. Which you know. So with that, you're you're basically the quarterback. I mean, for, you know, for all that yeah. football fans. Right. No, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. And, you know, you, you get hurt, you get burned, you get cut. Mm -hmm. You know, it's, uh, you get 
penalties, you know. <laughs> like, right, right. People you know. watching, your team's watching, how you respond to when you do something poorly or off, you know, you make a bad pass or a bad decision, mm -hmm. you know. If you're like, whatever. Yeah. It kind of, you know, it sets the tone. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Like yeah. So now, let's talk about in terms of people um, earning a earning a living pursuing this passion. What's the uh, what are the ways? The different ways. I mean, I know we talked talked about the levels, but does uh, you know, what are the different ways that a person can get into this thing um, and the routes? Not you know. So just, in order to catering, there's your standard. Um, you know, four-star Italian restaurants, and then there's the local burger shack where they're doing, you know, some really great burgers. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so yeah. what, what different ways do people get into this? Yeah. I, th I think they just got to jump in both feet. Mm -hmm. I mean, the hospitality industry is the fastest growing sector, mm. you know, besides the technology, but I can, I can pick up my bags and go anywhere and be a dishwasher if I had to. So I know I can make a, a living. Um, I, I think that it has to come from, you know, an experience with a grandmother or a parent or, you know, having a piece of fresh fish, at, you know, a, a memory that people is like, oh, you know, like a, a connection. Yeah. Um, I think people have to realize it's not well, there's many different areas within the hospitality world where you're not working 12 hours a day. <laughs> um, some of us will say you're a sellout <laughs> by, by being a food writer, but you know what? That's passion for them. And, you yeah. know what? And, uh, you, you know, when I started doing catering 12 years ago, I had a very famous, famous chef say, I'm selling out. And you're selling out. I'm selling out. By doing catering. By doing catering. Okay. At that time, you know, 12 years ago, catering has come a long way. Mm -hmm. And I've part of my MO has been making restaurant quality food mm -hmm. in a catered environment. Yeah. You know, people don't want that rubbery piece of chicken. Mm -hmm. And that's where I think me or my team has been successful as like working and listening to the bride or the salesperson and saying, ah, we're going to. We're gonna make this extra special. Let's look at this differently. Let's test it. Let's you know. Let's be thoughtful. Mm -hmm. um, and I think it's just talking to people and saying, uh, talking to someone in the industry. And I've had many people say, oh, "I want to do that." Mm -hmm. Call me. You know, come into the kitchen. Live it. You have to live it because it's a sport. You're gonna get banged up. And you're going to have your good days and your bad days. I've had people scream at me. Mm -hmm. you got to be tough, you know. It's yeah. So they could, um, so a person just has to figure out, well, not just, but they should figure out what they're looking for, what, what, what needs they have, mm -hmm. and, and go that way. I mean, because you chose catering. Obviously, there's an opportunity. Mm-hmm. But what did you see in it that made you say, I'm okay with it, despite being criticized? Right, right. Because, right. you know, what was it? For going into the catering world, it's always changing. Mm -hmm. You know, the menu is always different. The client is always different. The food's always different. Mm 
which for me, I very quickly had to learn about a lot of different cuisines, not just you know the, the French restaurant that changed their menu three times a year. Yeah, I had to verse myself in Asian, Moroccan, Ethiopian barbecue and new American and trends. So for me, that's like curious intelligence. Yeah, I'm always trying to stay with the trends or learning about the classics mm-hmm. from each each major or um, any kind of food. People are like, oh, can you, here's grandma's recipe. Yeah. Can you make this? Yeah. Absolutely, I would love, I mean, thank you for sharing, you know, the recipe and that's, that for me is really, I was again like stimulated by I, I have the oyster and I can do whatever I you know want with it. Mm-hmm. There's so many opportunities. Yeah. Whereas a restaurant, um, you get caught. You can become stagnant. The truck breakdown, water, no running water, no electricity. I've cooked in hallways. I've cooked on a boat. I've cooked <laughs> in the major financial institutions and and landmark where they have rules. And I've had sprinkles go sprinkler go off in the middle of main course. You know, and you know what? You have to be like the militia. You have to be like MacGyver and. And make a lot of people happy all at once, you know. It's yeah. Wow. Now, have you ever found that you need that you had to compromise? What you you know your kind of your core beliefs or connections with food? Not just you know. Yeah. Um, yeah, I've had to take some 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 things on the chin. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a small percentage. Yeah. In the big picture of what I do. But I've, I've, yeah, I've, I've had to do it. Um, for me, right now, compromising is like serving strawberries in February. <sighs> okay. Uh, or serving asparagus in December. But you know what? If someone's going to pay me fifty thousand dollars to do their event, I'll, I'll serve the asparagus. But I'll still speak my my mind and say, I prefer this. And let you know, I prefer you to serve you know vegetables that are in season, but. You know, if, if this is grandma's recipe and it has to have asparagus, <laughs> you know what? I'll look the other way. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's interesting. What, what, about, uh, what about resources? What's the, the most invaluable resource you use in pursuit of your passion? Um, it, if you can give me some, ex- or give me an example. Yeah, well, it ranges. Some people go right to very literal things, whether that be uh, particular books or a website, the Bible. Some people talk about uh, relationships, friendships, the mm-hmm. partner, whatever it is. Hmm. Yeah. yeah, I don't want to exclude uh, Michelle <laughs> because you know what? Honestly, I mean, you know, I have to go back to where she keeps me in check, mm-hmm. you know, and. It's yin and yang. Yeah. You know, and uh, when I come home at night, she knows that, you know, it was a, a rough day. And, you know, we talk about it. Um, 
I mean, that's that's a. I have to I have to have that balance of you know, a sounding board. Um, I think if you relate it back to, so yes, my passion is you know, my my wife Michelle, but I mean just getting uh, to my my other life as well. It's really the resources, the team. You know, I think I'm very team oriented, and um, when I just started this new job seven months ago. I told them, you know, one, we're going to change things and the train has left the station, so you're either on or off. At the same time, if you have an idea, by no means will I ever say that's mine. I'm always going to give you credit. It's not for me to, to, to be above anyone and that we need to talk and communicate and you might see or know something that I don't. I've learned from the dishwashers, either learning French or Spanish from them, and every day, you know, I say I want to learn a new word, and um, or it's uh, you know Michael Romano where he's teaching me about um, a pasta dish that he learned in Rome, and and using uh, everybody's knowledge to become more knowledgeable, to then share. Yeah. Kind of the, the idea of the uh, site. It's perfect. Oh. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, what about uh, what about any specific uh, this time books, DVDs, or you know tutorials? Mm-hmm. You know, um, I think the world of food has exploded as far as the internet. Mm-hmm. I could find a lot on the internet. I think. Uh, Cookbooks. I'm always reading. People are always sending me things. Uh-huh. Look at this. Look at that. You know. Yeah. Can you make something? Or and what I've done is created folders saying, "Here's the ideas, mm. ideas folder." You know, because I know someday I'm gonna need it. Yeah. Um. And, and I think just really, um, I want to have a big, you know, like a goal of mine is to travel more, mm-hmm. and see see different parts of the country or the world and how food or even people mm-hmm. connect to food. I know that, you know, it's kind of, uh, you know, you got a lot of people out there who are doing it now, mm-hmm. but to touch and feel and taste and talk to people just about their passion, yeah, only, like, it just stimulates me more. And, you know, today, uh, the reason why I was late was talking to uh, Valrona, uh, pastry chef, who came in to help me work on some new pastries. Mm. He came in on his own time and I laid out all the photos and walked him through the event. And he's a resource and he's, I mean, he's gonna be donating hundred pounds of, of chocolate to me. But we talked about what, what, is our, what is our goal and creating something so unique for guests. And he talked about a dish I did in Singapore and I was talking about the vision for this event. Mm-hmm. How do you create collaboration? Wow. So I think resources is you know very open, and I think I'm always looking. Yeah. So, so uh, it sounds like along the team, wife, internet, just been, having an open mind. Open mind, yeah. yeah. It's a good. 
It's receiving what's up, what's there, what's all around you. Mm -hmm. yes. Now, um, let's talk about doing this in different regions. Now, obviously, you can go to some of certain places around the world, and you know, there are great chefs there. I mean, they're great restaurants to work in, right? Uh, well, you know, in terms of quality of food, right? So, but let's talk about. Did you? You were in school in New England. Did you? Did you work at a restaurant in Vermont? Um, you, we were required. Part of our curriculum mm -hmm. was to work in different restaurants. Mm -hmm. They had a like grill, mm -hmm. kind of like uh, upscale diner. Then right. they had a fine dining diner, and then they had a retail bakery. Mm -hmm. um, they had a catering. They had a butcher shop and. So that was very, that experience was very well-rounded for me. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, there's like, you know, people saying, oh, should I go to cooking school or should I not? Mm -hmm. Back in 96 when I went, I, it was perfect for me. Mm -hmm. It was, uh, it's what I needed. Yeah. It gave me structure. It gave me a wealth of knowledge. Um, either working in a restaurant um, to either and, and even book book knowledge mm. so you had you had working knowledge and book knowledge all in one experience um, and I don't regret that experience mm -hmm. but you know there's someone just approached me last week saying I want to go to cooking school where should I go and I said oh, well I, here, this is where I went I said, there's, a, there's two schools of thought. And so in the latest magazine, uh, Lucky Peach, mm. who's uh, written by David Chang, okay. uh, who owns Malafuku and uh, Sambar, and um, very famous chef. Mm -hmm. uh, there's an article stating, all right, here's the pros and cons of going to cooking school, spending $60,000, or some of, some of the world's best chefs never went to school. You know, and I said, and it goes back to mentoring again. Yeah. Finding that right person, taking that under your wing, and. Mm -hmm. well, yeah. I, I, my memory is hard, but I've actually read a few chefs' books, or I don't say more biographies, more like memoirs, mm -hmm. right? But those people who didn't go to school, formal school, were also working in some amazing places. Mm -hmm. Wherever this one is, uh, in France. In the countryside, been hiring kitchens, going out to the market every morning, was his first, been waiting for the food to come in. Mm -hmm. It was his first job. Right. So I imagine if you're going to do it that way, you should be like, is that possible to do in New York City, and really have and have access to the best chefs, mm. to learn, or best mentors to learn from? Can you get into that circle in New York City? I think it's possible. Mm -hmm. It'd be incredibly tough. Right. Where I think there's so many restaurants in the United States now in certain pockets, Chicago, mm -hmm. San Francisco, Austin, Texas, you know, Atlanta's really excelling, Philadelphia, you know, New York, you know, you know, you know what they say, you can survive in New York, you can survive yeah, anywhere. Right. Um, but it's always to get a good foundation underneath you. Mm -hmm. If it's in New York, I think it's going to be a little bit harder. Yeah. Where 
people outside of New York are just dying for someone who's committed, hardworking, and passionate about food. Wow. Or, or whatever they're passionate about. It could be wine. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, <laughs> that's great. It reminds me of... Uh, our high school teams because the schools were so small right. you didn't have the choice of all the <laughs> you couldn't just pluck all the best athletes around you know right you to, right it's, it's more like picking niches this guy's really fast you can put him over here <laughs> yeah <laughs> this guy's really tough put him over here just swing that stick yeah but that's great that's great wow so um what when you talked about so you, you got to start talking about education what about any potential pitfalls to getting uh, taking classes or, or going to college and getting a full you know, degree at uh, any one of these these uh, cooking schools in New York or you know in upstate? Yeah, I think there's there's pitfalls on both sides. Mm-hmm. Go to cooking school, you're gonna be left with debt. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, and you feel like you, you're not in a working environment mm-hmm. where if you're at if you're in the industry and you're working in a restaurant and not going to school you're going to be missing out on certain things that you might have covered in a butcher class yeah. you're learning from the guy at the butcher every day mm-hmm. so is he taking you under your wing you know so again I think it's just really you know whenever um Someone, I was talking to someone the other day, and they said, um, you know, if if you were to leave a place and you start interviewing for a job, I'm always it's a reverse interview. Mm-hmm. You know, like where if I'm going to go for a job, I'm hoping that they're look. It's a two way street, so having um, that open dialogue. You know, even though they're interviewing you, say if I'm on a job, even though uh, I want to hire you, I would hope that they're interviewing me back. Mm-hmm. It's got to be a, a very, it's got to be a connection. Yeah. Yeah. So, right, right. And now the person saying this, was a, this is, this is from the hirer's perspective as well, you're talking. Mm-hmm. Right, because we always read this when we want for a job. You're not, they're not just interviewing you, you're interviewing them. But from exactly. the other end, you're saying it works the same way. Right, exactly. You want them to, mm-hmm. expect them to. All right, so, so now, with all that, what advice would you give to someone who wants to pursue this the way you have? Mm. Talk to me. It's <laughs> <laughs> a ton of, ton of info. Uh, because I, I love I love sharing my successes mm-hmm. and my challenges, and if if people really want to to pursue it, it there's the opportunities are endless. Mm-hmm. Either volunteer at the local restaurant, but I think always shoot high. Either it's working with the farmer if you want to be passionate about how vegetables grow or how to make beer. Go talk to, there's so many, there's a lot more crafts, either growing vegetables or creating a gin or locally. Mm-hmm. People are dying for people, cheese making, looking for people to help, volunteer. That's fast. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, good, you know what, with that, 
Robert Sell. Thank you. Thank you. It's a pleasure. Yeah.